back to Real Presence Live with Father James Gross and Father Jason Leffer joining you from the Diocese of Fargo. A reminder that if you're not able to catch the live broadcast of the Real Presence Live program, most every Saturday we are air the encore presentations beginning at 6 a.m. Central, 5 a.m. Mountain Time in consecutive order through the days of the week. So that gives you one other chance to, to listen and catch up on what you missed. You know, Father Gross, for all those people who are out there praying for us because they know we were sweating in this sauna or whatever, just want to let people know something's going right. The prayers must be working. It's dropped by about 20 degrees in here. It's, it's to the point where I'm almost chilled. It was so hot when we started. I'm, I'm starting to get l- little chills, and it's, it's 78 degrees in here, and I'm chilled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was getting these, when, when we first came into the studio, I was getting these visions of, you know, what, what you would do in a sauna, where you would spray water on the heated rocks and all of the rest of it. And you know, again, it's actually habitable right you now. You know, again, it reminds us of the 10 million things that go right every day. Yes. When this, like, obviously, this is a first world problem, you know, when we're facing here or, or whatever. But all the things that go right, the, how God blesses us. And every now and again, we, we need a sauna to remind us of our dependence on God and his blessings in our lives. Absolutely. And so we have with us one of our local shepherds, the di- Bishop of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, uh, backed by popular demand, Bishop John Quinn. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Oh, thank you, fathers, and uh, blessed are all of you. Uh, you may be sweating up there. We're below zero down here, so keep sending the heat wave down, would you? Uh, well, I, I don't know how much good uh, it, it might do from from our perspective. If you just step outside the front door, we're in the same boat with you there. Uh, <laughs> Trust us, Bishop Quinn. We're trying to get the window open to let this heat come to you, but we haven't been successful yet. <laughs> Oh. oh, so great. we we want to we want to touch base with you. There are several different events that we're going to be talking about, but um, at some point in the not too distant past, uh, you reached uh, the age of seventy five, and um, there was a uh, letter that you were asked to submit, uh, correct, uh, to the Holy Father on that That's occasion. Right. Yeah. That's right. And uh, I'm now seventy six. So I'm a whole year past that. They've added a whole nother candle to the uh, birthday cake, and of oh. course now requires two fire engines to be there <laughs> um, so that we don't uh, set the entire building on fire. But uh, I have, uh, we're in, the Holy See is in the process, uh, so just uh, as I tell everyone here, um, I will continue to be the shepherd and put my whole heart into it. Um, until the Holy Father appoints a new bishop. And uh, it it seems uh, probably by springtime, maybe May or June, uh, there will be the next uh, bishop for here. But until then, um, I just keep going. It's a wonderful diocese and faith-filled people. It's a privilege for me uh, to have this extra time with them as their bishop. You know, Bishop, um, Father Gross and I were talking earlier about the the synod and synodality, and, you know, trying to really kind of get our arms around that as pastors and help our people understand as we're going through the process. Could could you give us, from your perspective, some insights into the Holy Father's heart and his thinking on the synod and synodality, and and what what does that have to do with us at the, the little tiny local level? I think what the Holy Father is inviting us to do, first of all, is the synodality means we come together in prayer. It's not a convention. Uh, it's not a time we formulate proposals or we come forward and try and lobby for 
a particular uh, proposal or idea we have. So uh, here in our diocese, it will be uh, the each uh, listening session, and it will be an opportunity for listening. We'll begin with an hour of prayer, an hour of adoration, so that we, uh, the Holy Father, would ask that we are open to the Holy Spirit. I mean, this has to be the work of the Holy Spirit moving through the Church, and in our hearts, then speaking what the Holy Spirit has invited us to share with one another. So uh, the listening session really is to come from the depth of prayer and the Holy Spirit. And so throughout our diocese, uh, we see this as an ongoing process. It's really much like what our parish councils do. Uh, They gather in prayer, and then they reflect on the needs. Uh, The most successful uh, gatherings are those always rooted in Christ, where I come to the meeting asking, what does the Lord want from His Church, rather than what is my pet project I'm trying to accomplish? So I think the Holy Father is trying to get us to pray together, to listen together, um, and to be an evangelizing community, to once again have yeah. the power of the Spirit go out, uh, open the locked doors of our hearts, open the locked doors of wherever we are keeping people away, go out to the peripheries, and let everyone know who Jesus Christ is. If He's changed our lives, then give witness to it and, and let others come into that light. Well, we sure appreciate your perspective, Bishop, and the reminder of how this needs to be rooted in an experience of prayer rather than just some procedural, you know, um, clerical activity, you might say, of checking off the, you know, the the list and, and things like that. And we pray that the Holy Spirit will continue to sustain those efforts in our um, respective dioceses. So tomorrow is the March for Life in Washington, D.C., resuming more or less as it had been um, after, because of the pandemic, um, becoming more of a virtual experience last year. Um, Would you uh, share with us, Bishop, uh, your experiences of this great event? Oh my gosh, over the years I have treasured this event, and uh, unfortunately I'm not able to go uh, this year, but we do have local gatherings here and because of, you know, the outbreak of COVID and with the Omicron variant, um, and because of my age, the doctor has suggested that it might be better if I stayed locally. And But we do have um, a couple of busloads, I've been told, at least as of still today, uh, that are going. Um, some of our seminarians will be going, those from St. Paul Seminary uh, here in our state. Uh, so we're going to be represented at the National March. Um, and then, of course, here on Sunday, I have a Mass uh, on for Life at uh, St. Mary Parish in Caledonia. We kind of rotate that around the diocese so that uh, each year we celebrate that in a different geographical location. But over the years, I have treasured that march um, and there's some years I remember where the temperature was up in the 50s. My goodness, we were getting a suntan. Um, and other years, I tell you, the snow and the ice was coming down. Um, but it was always the witness. We encouraged one another. We prayed together. 
And, you know, I've lived long enough to see the pro-life generation emerging and the tide turning. You've got to stay public in your witness, but in your heart keep begging the Lord. And I see the grace manifesting itself. So this is a, this is a great day tomorrow. It's a great week uh, for us to get out and give this really positive message on life. So Bishop Quinn, my, my, my esteemed partner here, Father Gross, he, uh, he always comes up with these really interesting items. And one thing that he's come upon is George Weigel recently released an article about what envisioning what might happen if, in all hope, the Supreme Court does do something to amend, you know, Roe versus Wade or Doe versus Bolton. And, and possibly it goes back to the states, you know, to decide on the local level. And so he, he was there kind of imagining, well, should we continue on with the pro-life march in D.C. or what happens it goes to the local level? Could we, you know, just for a moment, just count our chickens before the eggs are hatched and, and, and dream a little bit that maybe that does happen. And so then it, it's almost like a new era of th this battle, you know, for, for souls and so forth for to become life. But would you have any ideas or comments about, like, let, let's say that does happen and it gets transferred to the state level. What are some possibilities of going forward of what would that look like to do a public witness for, you know, the pro-life march as we've come to know it? See, I think that um, uh, you're raising some really good questions about, you know, what um, would be our response and how do we uh, continue to witness to life, especially if the Supreme Court would return that decision-making to the state, which is really, I think, uh, what should have happened yeah. uh, back at the time of... Um, uh, when it was originally decided, uh, Roe versus Wade. But I think, given uh, the advice of St. John Paul II, we're always going to be dealing with the culture of death, too. Um, and we're always going to need the gospel of life and to witness in different ways. We uh, not only are going to continue to help form people's conscience about uh, that life begins at conception, but there's going to be a lot of work done at the local levels, but they're going to need the support nationally and the witness nationally. So I, I don't think it's ever going to be where we say, gosh, it's solved. Um, we can now kind of put our feet up. I think where our feet are still going to have to be on the ground, and mm -hmm. we're going to need to share this good news, if that's what uh, will happen with the Supreme Court decisions, with coming generations and to stay pro-life and not to lose the, this momentum, because we live in a culture that very quickly can undo um, all that uh, the Lord is trying to do with life. True enough. Well, those who are just joining us, we are visiting with uh, Bishop John Quinn from the uh, Diocese of Winona, Rochester. Just to put a wrap on a couple of these things to mention, the uh, March for Life is happening on the 21st, be, um, even though the anniversary of the Roe versus Wade announcement and decision was January 22nd. I think the uh, committee always likes to stage it during the week so that it is as 
conspicuous as possible to the people who are going about their workaday business in D.C. Uh, so that's the reason why it's happening tomorrow rather than Saturday. However, the bishops invite us on the 22nd of January every year, unless that day falls on a Sunday, to treat it as a day of prayer and penance for the protection um, and the uh, of uh, unborn children. So we're invited to join with uh, people, uh, our brothers and sisters, in that intention as well. Now there is an observance coming up uh, not too far away from here, the World Day of Prayer for Consecrated Life. Um, uh, would you want to share with us uh, a little bit about that and um, what uh, what that observance means to you, Bishop? Well, it's a, it is again a, a, a way in which the Holy Spirit moves us uh, through, you know, as the Holy Father asks that each diocese really celebrate with the consecrated women and men on the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord. Uh, the, the light, as you know, we bless candles that day. And so uh, the Holy Father has associated with that great feast the light of Christ that uh, our consecrated women and men bring into the world through their witness and, and ministry. And all those, particularly our contemplative orders, that remain in prayer uh, for the rest of us who are in um, apostolic or active ministries. Here in our diocese, I'll be gathering with our consecrated religious, and I will have Mass with them. And then we always have a little bit of a, a luncheon to thank them for their witness. And uh, also we'll have a session, um, and some on Zoom, that our Holy Father is asked so that the consecrated religious participate in the Synod, uh, particularly those in mother houses where they are infirm or cannot travel. We want uh, participation. Everyone in the Church is a place and is called to holiness. So uh, we're going to really celebrate uh, with our consecrated uh, religious. We are blessed with uh, several communities of women and men, and uh, on the 2nd of February, It'll be our chance to let them know we say thank you for responding to the grace that the Lord invited them into religious life. February 2nd, also a beautiful feast day of the presentation of the Lord Jesus. And don't forget Groundhog's Day. People don't realize Groundhog's Day comes from the presentation of the light to the world. That's where it originates from. So there's always a connection sure. to these things. So you know, I've wondered what the pastor in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, you know, does on that day if there's some sort of special obligation as far as that goes. And, and, and uh, we do also want to um, echo the important impact of uh, those who choose uh, the consecrated life. Um, because it may not be as evident to a lot of us as it would have been some generations ago, at least in many of our towns and communities, so we appreciate that. Uh, we know you're going to have to uh, leave us in a couple of minutes here, but we was just wanted to ask you quickly, uh, Bishop Quinn, about uh, Catholic Schools Week. Um, if you want to just share uh, in a first-person uh, aspect why this is an important time for you and how you are planning to uh, help uh, mark this occasion in your diocese. Oh, gosh, thank you. As you know, one of my uh, very, very favorite topics is the importance of Catholic schools uh, all the way from preschool up through, uh, you know, our universities and, and colleges. 
uh, I have remained committed to that uh, the uh, importance of our Catholic schools because they uh, really help the students to know not only math and science and literature and history, but that all truth comes from the Father through the Son and communicated through the grace of the Holy Spirit. So it brings together uh, what we learn about uh, ourselves through our study academically, but in the end, all of those lead to the question of God and lead to the question of how we are saved and what is our destiny. Is it just this world and making money or caring for people in very marvelous ways, or are we also called to union with God, holiness? Mm-hmm. And so our Catholic schools try and integrate um, uh, the life that we are called to in this world and one day to eternal life. So our schools play an important role, they're an important agent of evangelizing, but also of catechesis. Uh, I, In fact, I'm teaching again this semester at St. Mary's University. Uh, I believe in it so deeply. So, as he would say, uh, in my neighborhood where I grew up, put your money where your mouth is, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And if you believe in this, then let's see it, you know? Let's, let's as they would say today, put it out there. Uh, and this, yeah. what a, I mean, what an opportunity for a bishop uh, to have for 14 weeks in a three-credit course students that I am interacting with, teaching, they're reading church fathers. I mean, where else would I have that opportunity? And to see how the next generation is looking at the world and the struggles and to be there to support them. So, and a lot of parents, because of over the years, the schools have not all remained uh, with uh, in-person instruction. Our enrollment have gone up and people stay with us when they realize the atmosphere mm-hmm. in a Catholic school is with Christ at the center. So we celebrate that, and uh, we have numerous celebrations throughout the diocese. I wish I had a, 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 a what they call a particle transporter so that I could just <laughs> jump into uh, any one of these celebrations and arrive, uh, but I get to everyone that I can. And uh, we certainly are praying for your safe travels as you are going to be uh, traveling the diocese and sharing the experience of Catholic Schools Week with uh, so many of the young people there in southern Minnesota. Bishop Quinn, thank you for taking the time to visit with us. Uh, Blessings on you and your ministry. Thank you, and blessed are you, and to all of our listeners, for uh, seeking the holiness of God. Uh, In the end, that's what counts. Uh, and are we on our way home? Meaning, not just to get to our homes that we're in every day, and especially on these cold days, but our eternal home. And thank you for being a voice that calls us to remember all things are passing, but God is eternal. So thank you uh, for bringing the power of our gospel onto the airwaves. Know of my gratitude and my brother bishops. Bishop Quinn, I would hope that Father Gross and I would be able to do a special episode with you one day where we can reflect back on your years of ministry. I, I hope we'll put that in the pipeline and see if we can do that before uh, your grand retirement, okay? Oh, God bless you. Thank you. It Very won't good. be much. If anything has been accomplished here, <laughs> Christ did it. 
I'm a little footnote that says from these years to this year's, this old geezer was here as bishop. That's it. Oh, goodness. All righty. Thanks again, Bishop Quinn. We appreciate your time. And uh, we'll be stepping aside for a break here, but from a story from the gridiron to the seminary, we'll be sharing that story with you when we return on Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. At that point in my life, I was a Protestant. I wasn't Catholic. And I had just drifted away. And the one thing when I was drafted, my dad told me when he dropped me off was, you go to church on Sunday. And I did that once in my entire time in the service. (laughs) As time went on, and during that time, I really had no spirituality. The only thing I did is I prayed that God would send me the right person to marry. And I would say that when God answers your prayers, sometimes you don't even stop and think about it. And I would say it was years later when I stopped and thought, wow, I prayed those prayers. And I didn't even realize when I met my wife and we got married that God had actually answered my prayer. So that was a a real eye-opener. I try now to try and be more aware of what God's doing in my life so I don't have to look back and say, oh, I should have realized that way back when. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Thanks for staying with us here on Real Presence Live. Father James Gross and Father Jason Leffer joining you today. In just a moment, we're going to be getting a preview of the next show, but I wanted to give you a little mention of a wonderful story that came out from our neighbors down in Kansas. Uh, College football fans will be familiar with the K-State Wildcats. Uh, recent uh, coach from NDSU, Chris Kleiman, is now their head coach. And there is an interesting story that came out. A young man by the name of Landry Weber, who is finishing a master's degree in accounting, and when he does that and graduates, um, after having been a wide receiver on this uh, K-State football team, is going to be entering into the seminary for the archdiocese. of They call it KCK, Kansas City in Kansas. There is a different diocese on the Missouri side for Kansas City. And he'll be starting his studies down at the seminary in Denver. And uh, there's an article talking about his experience that, yes, he had been thinking about it um, earlier in... um 
in in his life, even as a child, but uh, hadn't acted upon it. And he had these remarks to share. He said, the idea in society is that there's only one road to happiness, and that's getting a degree and getting married. People think entering the seminary means that God's going to abandon you, and you're going to have to claw and scratch to find happiness, and you'll be lonely. But he continued, what do you think will happen if you give your life to God? He's going to put his arm around you and walk every step of the way. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be the exact opposite of the negativity that uh, you're expecting. Now, it's interesting when you look at this young man's family, his dad was very, very highly recruited and ended up being a quarterback at K-State. His mom was a cheerleader there, so they met and, and got married. So he's one of, I believe, four children. He has a sister who is a focus missionary. Wow. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a very uh, fervent uh, commitment, you might say, to the faith for this uh, for this young man. So let's uh, keep him in our prayers. Landry Weber from the gridiron to the seminary. <laughs> and uh, let's turn things over to Eli back at Command Central with a preview of our next show. Hey, thanks, Father. Great show today. Got another good one coming up tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That's hosted by Father Brian Christensen and Karen Gibis coming to you live from the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Rapid City, South Dakota. They'll visit with Dr. Stephen Christie, talking about speaking for the unborn. Then Jessica Perkins will tell us how they're helping single parents to graduation. Plus, Father Dominic Bauck from the University of Mary will tell us how they're standing up for life. All this and so much more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's Friday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. And then, of course, later in the day, uh, as we'll have our continuing coverage of the National March for Life, at 12.15 Central Time, you'll want to tune in for the North Dakota March for Life. We'll be carrying that um, network-wide from the Capitol in Bismarck, hosted by Monsignor Patrick Schumacher. So that's coming up at 12.15 to- uh, tomorrow, uh, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. Thank you. Thank you very much, you know, that reminds me of when Bishop Quinn was talking about his experiences in the March for Life. There have been a lot more things developed in terms of liturgies and, you know, things. But one of the real highlights was that vigil mass the night before the march at the Basilica Shrine of the Immaculate Conception in D.C. And, you know, the bishops, the the priests, uh, the deacons, I, I think they may have kind of customized it or whatever. But that long, long procession probably took 15, 20 minutes. Well, that's it. Yeah, the one the one year we timed it was 19 minutes until everybody got to the front of the church. Yeah, yeah, and for hours, you know, beforehand, people staking out their pew in this enormous church, which holds some six, seven thousand people, and just absolutely filled to the brim. Um, a, a beautiful event, even though we wish it wouldn't be necessary. But uh, we definitely pray for the safety of those who are going to the march, either locally on the statewide level or down in D.C., and for their safe return home and that the civilization of love will overcome and overtake the culture of death in our country. So on behalf of Father Jason Leffer, Father James Gross, uh, wishing you um, God's blessings. Until next time, God bless you. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live. Local. Engaging. And live. 
on the Real Presence Radio Network.